Okay, everyone, welcome back to Simply You. And I am once again super excited about who I have on the podcast today. Um, if you haven't seen, uh, followed me on social media or have seen any of my other podcasts, um, you may not know that I have a special um, place in my heart for LGBTQIA plus youth and adults and everybody. Um, I don't know why. Um, I just do. And um, it's been something that I have started teaching my children and, um, you know, from very young ages. I think um, the conversation, the big conversations, and we'll get into that too, but the bigger conversations started probably when they were um, four and six, which would have been about a year ago. Um, and I'll go into all about that. But I want to first introduce um, my guest that I have on here today. And I'm so, so, so excited. Um, so this is Leah and I will let her just do her own thing because she's amazing. So oh. welcome, Leah. Thank you. Thank you. It's so great to be here. Um, I'm I am honored to get to join you on your podcast and also talk about something that I, I too am, am very passionate about. I love hearing how passionate you are about it and the way that you're talking to your kids about it. Um, it you're an ally and that's, and as am I, and, and that's um, our goal is to continue to talk about how to be an ally for the LGBTQ uh, community. Um, so I'll talk a little bit about myself. Um, my name is Leah Swake Miller, and I'm currently the Student Ministries Director at Resurrection Overland Park. Um, I love working with youth. They're crazy and bonkers, <laughs> and I love it. Um, and I've I've always had this uh, as well, this like heart for uh, specifically youth in the LGBTQ community. And I've I've gone on this journey um, where my life continues to intersect with those stories with those individuals. Um, and I, I, I was like, I need to stop ignoring the, the, every time these are intersecting and do something about it yeah, and, yeah. you know, use, use my voice in a way that can help them use their voice um, as an ally. So um, I'll, I'll kind of briefly tell you what uh, my journey is, and I don't know if anybody else can relate to this, but I grew up, um, with the understanding. So like my theology or my faith was that, um, being gay was a sin. Um, and, and it was really modeled after that love the sinner, hate the sin type mentality. Um, and that started to come into question when I was in college, um, I mean, and, and I would say like further into college. So I got into theater and I have a degree in theater. Um, and most of my friends, many of my friends um, identified themselves as um, queer or in the LGBTQ community. And of course, at that time, they didn't even have like all the wonderful references and terminology and definitions that, you know, we have now. So um and I remember having this kind of like, okay, well, I'm struggling with this because I really love this person and they're really wonderful. And I see that they want to have a loving relationship, but yet I, I was always taught this certain thing and la la la. So my faith was really struggling there. And one night I'll never forget a dear friend of mine, um, in theater, we were having this conversation and I said, I said, Steve, you're a Christian and you also are gay. So how does that work? You know? 
And he shared his story with me, which I think really is the turning point for most people in, in their struggle. When you get to sit down with someone and hear their story and have an actual relationship and one-on-one, you, you really see the expansiveness of God in those stories. And, and I don't want to interrupt, but I'm going to, well, go ahead, go ahead. Um, but I want to, I want you to continue on that path, but I want to point out that that is, that's so huge. And so many people don't, aren't open to having that conversation because they, they're just, you know, this is how I've been taught, or even this is how I, I truly believe. And, that, and that's okay too. Our, you know, our beliefs are, you can believe how you want to. Now that doesn't mean you don't get to be kind. Um, right. but, um, opening up that, that, that door to communicate and hear somebody's story can definitely change your one track mind and go, Oh, and I think that's so important is to just, and that's why I do these podcasts is to just hopefully just be a starting point for the conversation. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And to acknowledge that he was pretty awesome in having this conversation with me. When we go in those conversations, knowing that one, it's not about you, (laughs) you get to benefit by, by having, I would say your eyes open to some extent or some, you know, but this individual is, 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 it's taking a lot for them to share their story. Um, and because it's, it's a hard story to tell. So I, I want to acknowledge, like, this was huge for him to, to really be honest and vulnerable with me. And I think that that was a reflection of our, our friendship, but, you know, he, he shared, I have prayed every night for God to take this away from me. And it has been a struggle. I mean, I, I won't go into detail, but you know, this was someone who grew up in a Christian home who prayed, who wanted to go on that faith journey and continue it, but also like was wrestling with his identity of who he is and how he expresses his love and who he's, you know, and, and there was just like this boom moment, like, well, and he had shared with me, I, he came to a moment when he realized where God was saying, you know, if I love God and God loves me, maybe I'm also allowed to also have love myself. And this, like, I just happen to love a man, you know, and, and maybe it's not so cut and dry, yes. um, which we've seen all throughout faith and d- different and that, and that um, instead of shaking my faith kind of allowed me to see God in a really fresh, exciting, expansive way. Um, it's interesting when you open up the door of love for people. <laughs> Like for me, my faith strengthens in that. So that was the beginning of this whole process of, of slowly kind of coming to terms with my theology and how I view um, the scriptures on this, how I view how God loves the LGBTQ community and how they can be a part of faith and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I went into doing more teaching, um, directing, I encountered a lot of youth um, that would find my husband and I who would direct and we still do direct shows um, a safe space. And you'll hear that phrase a lot um, as a safe space where they feel like they can confide in you that um, maybe they don't feel comfortable talking to their family for, for a variety of reasons or their parents. And it continued to happen. And I'm, I'm seeing this pattern and wondering like, 
how many safe spaces are there? And when those safe spaces don't exist, what happens? Mm -hmm. Like, where are these youth able to feel whole and worthy and loved when they may get a lot of different feedback from either society or media or their certain uh, perhaps their church or faith group or family or friends, you know, it, gosh, I cannot think w- uh, the pain it would feel to know that someone doesn't think I'm worth. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, yeah. So every year uh, we would at, at the end of the school year, uh, several students would come out to us. And then as I've gone into youth ministry, the same thing has happened because I'm open with it. I say, Hey, this is a safe space. I believe that you are worth worthy. God loves you. And you can, you can be who you are here. And it's amazing to see people when they feel safe, it's like planting a plant in like rich soil come alive and say, Oh, I get to be who I am. And that is so cool. Um, but it certainly was a long journey. I mean, we're talking like 20 years because I'm old, like 20 years of, of this journey to get here. And um, I'm excited to see where it's going to go. Yeah. And this is just one of the, the opportunities, you know, to continue because those, those youth specifically, they need allies. They need podcasts. They need people talking about it and, and, and not kind of like sweeping it under the rug or ignoring it. They need people that are, are saying, Hey, we see you and we're here for you. Yeah. And we're going to represent a safe space. Yeah. And I think, um, I mean, I think we can just mic drop, be done with the conversation right now. I think you hit it with, um, lead with love, mm. you know, like, can you imagine if, if, and everything we did, we led with love where our world would be. Yeah. I mean, I probably wouldn't need a platform for a podcast. So, (laughs) but you know, you in talking about having the conversation with your friend, he clearly felt safe enough to open up to you about his story, um, beyond just knowing that he was homosexual, um, because you led with love and wanting to know that information, not trying to change him or turn him or, you know, anything like that. And I think that that's super important. And yes, yeah. I mean, and if <laughs> you, you hit it on the head with that, yeah, yeah. And if we if we just lead with love and and like you had talked about, um, you'd said um, you feel like it um, when you guys had the conversation. I'm not going to quote you perfectly. You said it more eloquently than I'm going to, but about um, just how it helped actually build your faith, even though it was something you thought was so against your faith. And I feel like that um, in, you know, and obviously politics and and religion are the two kind of big things that you have people on, you know, one spectrum and the other and all in between. And I like to have conversations with people that don't believe the same things that I do or think a different way, because I, I go, I say, it's either going to make me reconsider my stance and go, well, I didn't think about it that way, because guess what? Your experience is different than mine. So I'm coming from a place of my experiences and how I relate to people and how I, all these different things because of my experiences. Clearly I haven't experienced everything. 
you have different experiences than I do. So if I have a conversation with you and then I go, Leah, I never even thought about that. And then I can, and it's not because I'm not strong enough in my faith or strong enough in my stance. It's getting different ideas and we should, it should be somewhat fluid. Love is not. Um, But um, as far as our beliefs and things um, in in our thoughts on, you know, politics and, and how things should be run and whatever, because we learn and we adapt and we change. And, um, you shouldn't just stay like, you know, firm on a specific stance again, unless it's love. Yes. Love wins. Um, and, um, I, so I, I say, okay, if I have this conversation with this person who is completely opposite of how I feel about something, it's either going to, make me open my eyes to a a different idea or Mm. just help validate why I feel the way I do. Yeah. So why would you not be, why would you not want to have that conversation with people? And it's, I mean, like we all feel it when we're uncomfortable about something. I I love hearing you say, like, I want to talk to people who have different beliefs. I want to talk to people with different views on politics. And I think, um, you know, it's hard with, with social media it can be such a helpful tool and so powerful. And it can also be overwhelming. I mean, just an onslaught of everybody talking at the same time. If you've ever been in a toddler room, you know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, everybody's talking at the same time. Uh, um, so wading through that and, and um, reading through the one, you know, like understanding, like, is this person sharing through a lens of love or are they sharing with the sole purpose to offend and hurt? Mm -hmm. And maybe, you know, like when we get into any kind of conversation with someone, are they really there to learn, like you said, and to, to grow or are, is their motivation solely just to cause harm? And, and that no matter what you say, they're going to, you know, and in those instances of practicing grace and saying, well, that's not a battle I'm going to go. I'm not going to waste my time with this. Right. Um, but it's really important to surround yourself with people with those different ideas to understand where they're coming from, to hear their stories. And, and like you said, listening and in this particular story with my friend, had I gone in ready to say, well, this verse says this, or I think this, you know, like, boom, shut, like the door is closed uh, uh, as opposed to, and let me tell you, I've in, <laughs> had those in the past, right. Where I had an agenda. I see it a lot with my husband. I come in with an agenda. You can say yeah. what you want, but I, you know, when we come in with our own agenda and that's all we want, mm-hmm. that door is going to be closed. But when you go into those conversations and you're seriously there to ask and listen, mm-hmm. that's when you can be really changed. Um, and you know, in a powerful way, I keep trying to ask myself when I go into these conversations, like, am I looking through it through the lens of love? Am, is what I say, a filter, that's really good. Yes. Through a filter of love. Again, I'm going to say, I do it a lot with like, you know, political things, or when I'm angry with my husband, <laughs> trying to work through something. Um, but that has really helped me. It hasn't always been successful because I'm like, Mah! but um, I found that to be a good tool. Someone had shared that with me, like 
what's the lens that you're using? What's the filter that you're, you're speaking through? That's really good. Um, yeah. And, uh, so having those conversations, um, and understanding like your role in it is really important. Um, I wish somebody had shared with me, um, because I am encountering this and, you know, what I, what I wanted to, to really bring out is that sometimes people can get uncomfortable with this conversation or uncomfortable with the idea that maybe, um, a youth in their life would come out to them, um, and what they would do or how they would handle it. Um, and that's understandable, right? Mm -hmm. Things that are new are going to make us uncomfortable. So acknowledging that like, okay, that kind of makes my tummy go, Ooh, what do I say? How do I handle this? Right. Um, that's okay. Mm -hmm. But there are so many resources out there that can be beneficial. And really it comes down to just, just be there and acknowledge them. Um, yeah. And let's, yeah, yeah. let's, let's hit on that too, because as you're saying this, I'm thinking, um, you know, let's say youth, uh, youth comes to you and comes out to you and you either they share with you or you know that the parents are 100%. This is, you know, not like against our religion. Da, 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 da. You don't want to educate them or give them, you know what I mean? Because that's not your job as a parent. Like it's their parents' job, even though we have our own thoughts on that. Um, but, you know, so there's a, there's a difference between being there and being like, okay, this is where you need to go or what you need to do, whatever. And then, like you said, just being there and listening mm -hmm. because that's, I mean, when I can imagine, I obviously never had to come out. I have a husband who is cisgender, uh, which means he was born for those of you who don't know, he was born a male and still identifies as a male. Um, and we're, you know, both heterosexual. Um, and so I didn't have to go like, mom and dad, I'm straight, <laughs> you know, right. Like you didn't, because that's, that's cultural norm. the norm. And so you don't have to, you know, identify, say what your identifiers are, unless it's outside of the norm. Um, right. So you're just really there to listen and be that, like you said, safe place for them, safe space. Yeah, no. And, and you bring up a really good point. Like anytime you're in these conversations, even anytime, it's good to understand, like putting yourself in their shoes uh, can help you kind of understand where they might be coming from, right? Like the, the norm, the binary is that it's hetero, heterosexual, hetero, heterosexual, male and female, right? That's how we identify. Um, you know, we are given our gender, like we have gender reveal parties right before we're even out of the womb. Um, and so, I mean, that's a whole other road that we can go down to, but for an individual who's not identifying with the cultural cultural norm, it's very difficult to have to say, this is how I identify and this is who I'm attracted to, or this is how I, I view the world. Um, also knowing that um, just saying like you're homosexual or gay or, or bi, it's not all about um, who you're attracted to, right? or who you want to have sexual relations with. This yep. is just how you identify. A lot of people will, and I will have put myself in that uh, before understanding more, would kind of just 
think that it, it's really all just about a sexual yes. thing. And that's, that's not it at all. At all. I mean, it's really about how you identify and how you are, uh, who you are in your own skin and as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, but these, these little steps that, um, I found through a great organization called beloved arise and they're on Instagram and they are run by LGBTQ youth, uh, of faith. Um, and so they'll share different scriptures they'll share different prayers for LGBTQ youth and they have other resources there, but some of the, uh, the main points they said when you're, um, when someone wants to come out to you is first, thank them, um, thank them and say, you know, you're honored that they would confide Mm -hmm. in you and trust in them like that, that just encouraging them is a great way to start centering them. Um, and, and saying, realizing again, that it's not about you. So this isn't a time for you to share all your stories, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is about them and to, to just listen. Um, so if you do have questions, if you have parts of you that are are non-affirming beliefs or, or fears or whatever, that this isn't a time for those to come out Mm -hmm. or to ask those on this person, right? Um, that's for you to do the work on at a later time. Um, and then you affirm your friendship or your relationship and, and let them know, like I'm a safe space. And the fact that what information is shared won't change your feelings toward them. And also that they, that, I mean, you're not going to go out obviously and, and out them. Um, Mm -hmm. right. That's not yours to share. Um, and then respecting their privacy and you, it's interesting when you audibly say like, I want to, just so you know, I respect your privacy and being clear on that. Like that is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's not something they're, they're going to hear a lot. So even just saying it out loud, don't assume that they would know, right. You know, saying it out loud makes a huge difference. And then asking what they need from you. Mm-hmm. Um, how can I best support you in this process? Or what do you need from me right now? Those are great questions. Um, you don't have to like jump to like this. I'm going to fix everything mode, right? Just asking what, what's something I can do or how can I support you? Cause again, that's your agenda when you go into fix it mode. Ooh, yes. Because, yeah. because you're trying to make it comfortable for you. Hmm not that point. Right. Right. And, and I think that, um, you know, if you're a people pleaser, you're trying to make everybody else comfortable and guess what? That's not your job. And, um, it's okay to be uncomfortable. And like you said, um, spreading the word and, and that's why I've, um, with my kids, um, and not just with, um, LGBTQ, um, situations, um, am I trying to educate them, but even, um, people that are in wheelchairs or, um, people that have down syndrome, anytime we see somebody that is, um, different than our family, which is, uh, mom, cisgender mommy and daddy heterosexual, and then, um, children, um, and no current special needs. So right. anything outside of that is going to be new, new and different to them. So, um, I remember, Um, when I was in high school and this, and it seems, I mean, it seems like a lifetime ago, but it still seems like looking back now, I'm like, how in the world had we not figured it out yet? Um, but we had, um, a separate, um, 
teachers in separate classroom for the special needs kids. And they would um, pass, um, they would have their passing period different than everybody else. So if you were like, um, if you were not part of that um, community, so I would be in class, but then if I would need to use the restroom and leave, I would see them in the hall, you know, for their passing period. And the, so it became very, like, they were very alienated. And so then it, it became scary and like, well, what are they going to do? And when they were, you know, acting out differently than, than we would see on a regular basis, it is scary because you're like, I don't know how to handle this. Mm. Why would we not have made that something that, you know, because you don't have to have a diagnosed special need to be a little you know, and have your little moments. <laughs> um, right. And again, trying so hard to make ev- others feel comfortable. And that's not our job. Yeah. Yeah. There can be a disadvantage to that, mm-hmm. <clears throat> to trying to make everybody feel comfortable. Absolutely. <clears throat> Change is uncomfortable. Growth yes. is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, and I don't think, and I don't think you can, I don't think you can stay comfortable and grow. Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. And that's for, you know, every human culturally, you know, orientation, you know, every, you know, that's not designated to anyone in particular. Um, that's for everyone. Absolutely. Um, I was looking down at my, I wanted to make sure that I was hitting on I think I don't, I know that the, the whole, um, question of, of the faith and, and, you know, there's a lot of debates about, um, homosexuality and how it's interpreted in the Bible. And, um, I think that's a great discussion. Um, it's something I've studied. I'm currently in seminary. Um, I've studied it for a long time and, um, have really evolved in my understanding of translations and things like that. Um, I think it's a really, really good point to understand, but um, it, it can also be an interesting conversation to go down. And I think those have to happen individually. And that could also be for another podcast too. We could talk specifically to that. Um, but um, a fellow colleague of mine who has a transgender daughter um, shared with me when she's encountering these issues and, um, it may come up in a faith-based situation, um, in church or or Bible studies. And it's like, Oh, blah, 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 blah. Why are you an ally? Um, she doesn't attack the faith or try to go through some theological explanation. She really, um, addresses the, the most urgent issue, which is, um, suicide uh, within LGBTQ youth um, and homeless uh, situations. So um, I try not to do specific percentage because that's a difficult thing that's always evolving. Um, Trying to nail down a number for uh, just LGBTQ youth, like being able to say, oh, there's this many, like it's it's impossible too, right? These are the individuals who have been brave enough to come out and have said, um, you know, you, there's, there's plenty more who do not feel safe to Mm -hmm. to do that. But, uh, there is a growing, a continually steady percentage 
of our LGBTQ youth who um, have committed the act or attempted suicide. So that's not even addressing those who have suicidal thoughts, who struggle with depression, um, who have done it and haven't, um, you know, let anyone know that they tried or attempted or, you know, and I think there's somewhere to 20 to 30% of those who've just been documented at attempting suicide. So this is those who've gone to the hospital or have gone into treatment. That's not even addressing uh, individuals or students or youth that, you know, that hasn't even been documented. Mm-hmm. So really, when we think about uh, how we address the worth of it, of an individual, of a human being, um, this is vital in raising awareness and becoming an ally and letting them know that they are loved and worthy and safe um, to share and to grow and to live into who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it literally is life and death. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the majority of youth on the streets or those in homeless shelters are identify in the LGBTQ community um, because they've been kicked out of their homes for um, choose, you know, maybe choosing to tell their parents or because they, you know, they identify in a certain way. And, and so there is a, a lack of what's the word support is not enough. I mean, you think about our youth, our future and what we're telling them, um, the worth of it, of a human and that they deserve to exist in our world and be loved. Um, because something makes us uncomfortable, you know, like that, you think about the weight of that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so understanding those, those percentages and those numbers, uh, and really coming at it, even at that, um, perspective, um, I think is really important. And you'll see um, there's a lot of new laws that are coming up, um, Florida and Texas. And I'm trying to remember the governor. I think, oh, I can't remember the governor, what state he was from. Um, but he vetoed an anti-gay bill and he cited um, the suicidal rates of LGBTQ youth. Oh, wow. support this because I care about their lives. Yeah, I thought that was a really powerful statement, uh, you know, coming from him. And it, it, in my opinion, should be the driving factor for all of us as we continue to to create those safe spaces. Um, And I just, um, you know, before the whole LGBTQIA plus, you know, kind of um, came about, it was more of Um, like when I was growing up, um, you're either gay or straight. I mean, there was no bisexual, there was no transgender. There was, it was just, you know, and like, is that, you know, very black and white, like you're straight or you're gay and and one's okay. And one's not. Um, and pardon me. Um, and totally lost my train of thought. Um, this flu is getting my brain. Oh my (laughs) God. I totally um, understand, but you, it uh, was, you're, you're true. I mean, like, you're right that before more, uh, understanding I, I, that's all I was either you're gay or you're straight. 
your mm-hmm. your homosexual was the word specifically or you know gay uh-huh. um and um there wasn't this representation of the many different identities out there like non-binary those mm-hmm. who are struggling with like you know, I, I identify as a female, but I also identify as a male. And you know, what does that mean? And there's a lot of scientific human biological, um, breakdowns that show there are, there is a high percentage of the population that biologically are both, which is a whole interesting perspective. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because of, uh, the makeup of their, their biology. So, Um, and you know, those who identify queer gender, so maybe they don't want to be fit into the binary, Mm -hmm. um, for, you know, whatever reasons. Um, and there's a lot, a lot of terminology out there. Um, that is at times overwhelming to me because I want to make sure that I'm getting it right, that I'm representing this individual and not kind of just assuming or lumping them into. So I try to, but there is a lot of terminology up there and it's, it's great to kind of familiarize yourself with it, but it's also understanding to know that, uh, you may get it wrong and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And I think, and one thing that we talked about in, um, my last podcast on LGBTQ, um, was that it's okay to ask mm. and say, gosh, I'm, I don't, you know, and I, and I did with my friend, I said, now you identify as, and your girlfriend identifies as, and it's because my thoughts are, if you ask and somebody is offended, that's their problem. Um, but if you don't ask somebody, then that's kind of that whole your agenda thing again. Like you, if you come from a place of love and somebody um, that is part of the community probably is going to be thankful that you asked them how they identify so that you can do it correctly because they'd rather you ask and be correct moving forward than not ask and continually being wrong. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, And so with the, with the gay and straight, um, I remember it (laughs) came back to me. So, um, I just remember, you know, people, um, and I grew up, um, I was born and raised Catholic and it wasn't until two, maybe two and a half years ago that my husband and I, Um, I was just like, you know what? I don't know that this is where I see our family raising our children any longer, um, because of ideologies and, and the way that our family believes versus, you know, the church and that's okay. Um, but it didn't, it, they didn't mesh for me, which is how I found, um, core and how I met you. Um, and people would say, well, you know, by people getting married, that is, um, you know, going against the sanctity of marriage. And I'm thinking, well, what about people, straight people that are married and then they cheat? Mm -hmm. Um, What about people like, I don't, you know, what about um, uh, heterosexuals that are married and he's abusing her? Right. How is, how is that not going against the sanctity of marriage? And then my question would be, how is this affecting your life? Yeah. How are, how are these two people that love each other and want to share their lives together? Mm-hmm. How is that affecting your life? And, and why? Because God made me a cisgender woman who's heterosexual, um, able to be 
not just open about it. I don't have to be open because everybody just assumes. So I don't have to correct anyone. Um, How is it okay for me to find love and marry the person that I want to marry? But because you identify um, differently that you're not cisgender, um, you don't identify as cisgender, heterosexual, that you don't get to be happy. Like that's, I don't believe that my God puts people on this earth to have to struggle with um, and just be okay not being happy. Mm -hmm. I just don't. True. And, and, uh, people get so wrapped up in, um, that their sexuality is what creates their worth in God. And that's not right. We've translated this and we've made it this, uh, oh, well, you're heterosexual. So you have worth in God, God finds favor. In, and that's not true. He, that's not how it works. You yeah. are a child of God. He finds favor. He loves you. God yeah. loves you. Um, and I try not to use the, even the pronoun he with God, um, trying to use more expansive. Um, yeah, I never even thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. Because that yes. is also a, a binary that, you know, of, of human, you know, God is, well, you know, God, son and the Holy spirit. I mean, it's an encompassing of, of all and many genders, uh, in my <laughs> opinion, right. Cause God yeah. is the divine creator of us all. So therefore inhabits all of that. Um, and, and the, the focus here also is on the intent. If you read Jesus's, first of all, I, I do, I, I ask anyone who, who may be stumbling on this, like go and look and see how many times Jesus talked about homosexuality. It's zero, zero times. Um, what he did talk about was the intentions of our heart, right? So when you're think, talking about like abusive um, marriages or, or cheating, you know, these, these harsh intentions of our heart, when we're talking about loving someone, regardless of their gender or identity, what is the intention? It's to create a bond of love that can, that in turn can be uh, you know, glorifying to God, mm-hmm. um, all of these different translations, um, and contextual, um, uh, verses from the Bible when Paul is talking in the midst of Rome, where it was tradition for, for, um, abusive sexual acts to happen and, uh, almost like slave, uh, sexual mm-hmm. relations, um, many times that's what is referred that people have since then translated into the word homosexuality, what, which wasn't even used, uh, until like the 19th century. Um, <laughs> but it's just interesting and it's good to know, like what we are interpreting and what we are really believing. Is it just because it's passed down to us from generation mm-hmm from our culture or our family or whatever. And do we really understand, is this really what it's saying? And I always, again, I go back to that lens of love or the intentions that Jesus talks about. Is this the intention of these two individuals to cause harm because they're the same, a same sex marriage? No, it is to create love, a loving relationship that can, and will give glory to God. Mm-hmm. On the other side, you could have again, a heterosexual uh, culturally accepting marriage that is not giving glory to God because of abuse or, or, um, you know, extramarital affair or, or whatever that's happening that is causing a mistrust. Right. So it, it always comes down to not the sexuality, not the gender identification, 
God doesn't look on the outside. He looks on the inside. Mm-hmm. And, and what is the intention here? Um, and I know that's a challenge. And, uh, but I, I, you know, if we really look at it and look at these, in, uh, all individuals, all humanity, and that God has called us to be in a loving relationship with God and with humanity, you know, what, what does that all encompass? Yes. That's a big challenge. Yes. And, um, so I want to talk about what you have pinned to your shirt right now, because oh, we, yes. keep, we keep talking about, um, a safe space and a safe place. And, um, how do, how do people know, um, if you are a safe space to come to? Yeah. So there are a variety of ways that you can kind of subtly do it, I guess. Um, on my business card or on my email, I always, or typically I did not do it today cause I was in such a hurry, but I'll have, uh, my pronouns listed. Mm-hmm. So it would say Leah Miller, Leah Swank Miller, she, her, she, her, hers. Um, and so it says that on my email, um, and again, on my business card, um, on my youth website, um, just because that's a, that's kind of like a bat signal uh, to individuals to say, oh, this is a safe space. She mm-hmm. recognizes um, the need for pronouns. Um, and that again, she'll ask that question. Like you had pointed out, it's right. It's not about me. It's about, Hey, um, I want to respect you and I want to honor who you are. And so I'll ask, what are your pronouns? You know, mm-hmm. um, that's one way. And then this is a, a just another little example. We have a, a lovely lady, Lynn, um, at our church who will uh, make these. So this is the um, uh, LGBTQ colors and transgender. So we've got the pink and the teal and white on top. Um, and I pin this to my shirt. I'll pin it to my badge um, when I'm working. Um, and I just try to put it in a, a place where they can see like, oh, okay, uh, that's really great. I went to the... Um, the, the grocery store the other day and I saw the, the woman who was checking me out had a, an LGBTQ, well, a rainbow pin really. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just, you know, it's like when we see the, the, the colors, you can automatically identify. And I said, Oh, I love your pin. That's really great. Like, that's awesome. And, and she lit up like, Oh, thank you. You know, those little comments, um, you can, uh, be a part of a, a group, like, you know, asking questions. There's, um, Oh, I'm going to say this wrong. I think it's moms who give hugs. Uh, Mama bear give, mm, I need it. I'm not quoting it right, but it is a group that you can also get a bumper sticker to put on your car. But uh, basically you're saying, Hey, I'm a mom and I may not be your mom, but I will give you a hug. I support LGBTQ community. And if you don't have that, you know, at home, I I'm a mom for you. Um, They've also been known to like go to weddings, go to graduations, go to special events and, and be support of, of a oh, individual. Wow. Yeah, okay. yeah. Oh my goodness. I'll have to look into that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm bummed that I'm not saying it correctly right now. It, something about moms and hugs. <laughs> okay. Oh, I will look it up and I will I make sure that I, that I um, address it. it and yeah, post it and all of that. So, yes. um, yeah. So Lynn, um, I had reached out to her and asked, um, her, to make a keychain for me that I could put on my keys. Now my keys stay in my, I have a fanny pack cause I'm like the coolest mom ever with my mini <laughs> fanny pack. And I know it. Um, and I was like, okay, nobody's going to see that. Um, 
but I have put it on the outside now with my fanny pack, but um, I got one for both girls that go to school um, for their backpacks. And I got one for the diaper bag for the baby. Yeah. So when we have that, and then my husband on his keys, cause he does have his keys on kind of a lanyard or something. Yeah. Um, and so, and my kids are super excited. Like they love, you know, any kind of keychain or anything, but um, we talked about it. And um, so the other day, um, my seven-year-old, and it's very interesting when you are talking about something or they ask a question and really trying to learn what level they're on. And then as an adult, having to bring our brains down to like, okay, how can I explain this to where you're going to understand with your limited amount of life experience, <laughs> you know? And so, um, so I said, well, it's, you know, to let people know if they are part of the LGBTQ community, which, um, <laughs> my five-year-old tried to say, and she was like, Q-A-I-A, um, like it was just, and I was like, uh, close. Um, <laughs> and I said, you don't have to remember the letters, but yeah. just having that, I said, it's, um, she's like, well, what if, what if people don't know what it's for? And I said, well, first of all, the people that, um, we wear it for will know. Mm -hmm. We're not wearing it for the cisgender heterosexuals that go, oh, why do you have that? Yeah. Because they, they probably have plenty of safe, spaces to go to. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and now, you know, uh, my middle child, my five-year-old, she's in preschool and then, um, preschool and then first grader, not that at even their ages, they may not encounter, um, anyone who is part of that community. However, that also parents will see that older kids can see that. Mm -hmm. And, um, I want that to be a representation of our family and not just like, oh yeah, go to my seven-year-old and start, you know, and open up to her and talk to her. No, they need to know our family is a safe mm -hmm. space for them. Yeah. And, um, so kind of trying to explain to her that she's like, well, what, what do I say if somebody asks? And I said, well, um, you know, let them know that it is for, and I can't remember. It, I mean, sometimes I come up with this stuff like right off the top and I was like, dang, that was good. <laughs> And I should like record myself. Yes. Um, but, you know, just on their level going like, um, you can tell somebody that this, you know, somebody that is not part of the um, community. So maybe they don't know what, why you have that there other than like, it's a rainbow, which, you know, some kids their age won't just be like, oh, it's a rainbow and not think anything of it, which is fine too. Again, it's not for them. Um, but also educating. So if somebody says, hey, what is that for? You know, if somebody, I'm sure you get people to ask you about your pin when you're out that are not part of the community. Yeah. And then you get to, you get to take that time and, and, you know, educate, you know, just a little bit, just to spread it around. And she's like, well, this, and I said, just tell them, this just means that we love everybody and anybody is welcome and safe in our, uh, in our home and with us. And she was like, okay. Um, and that's really what it comes down to, um, is just, you know, letting people know that, um, that they're safe. And I actually just changed my email. I think it was two weeks ago, shortly after our, um, um, when you spoke at, um, our mom's group, res moms, um, at church and I changed my email and then, um, what did I, oh, and then, um, a couple nights ago, I, um, added onto my, um, Instagram and Facebook. Oh, yay. As well. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm like, okay, how else can I do this instead of just always posting, Hey, I'm here for you. Hey, hey, you know, like 
you know, in, in kind of more of a subtle way that that's constantly there that everybody's going to see when they see my name, they're going to see that instead of like, oh, they missed the post where I said that, you know, I'm a safe place. Um, right. So, yeah, no, I love that. that those are great, great uh, ways to, to show that. And I, uh, I find it interesting. Our, our, our kids are going to have these conversations at some point. Like Mm -hmm, they're going to happen in my experience as a mom and a teacher and a a pastor, like it's going to happen. So wouldn't you want it to happen in your home, like with you, uh, to be able to have those conversations, to, to address those, um, questions, uh, with your, your kiddos. Um, and so that's another way of creating a safe space is passing it on to your family. So like you as a collective, um, know that you're a safe space and you're, you're communicating with your kiddos about what it is. And like you said, it, it can be kind of confusing for a younger kid, but at the same time, it might, you know, it might be even more simplistic. We sometimes muddy things 100%. up, as, right? Yeah. I, I love doing this little, um, I, I experiment or project or whatever, but we love to play games that are in our house. Um, and a couple of years back, um, we introduced the kids to the game of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, all right, um, you know, you, you pick out your car, you pick out your, who you're married to. And if you want to have kids, you know, once he gets to that. And I said, um, I think I'm going to be married to a girl. And they're like, oh, I was like, yeah, you can make, you can be married to anybody you want, you know? And, and then, so the next time we played, like, you know what, I think I'm going to be a boy today. Um, and who, then we there, I'm going to, so it's like this little opportunity uh, to kind of understand like, oh, the game of life, like uh, now in, you know, I'm not to say that it's a choice for these individuals, but that life looks different than our typical female male in a car with kiddos in the back. Right. And my daughter, like, and my son, like, they'll be like, oh, I'm going to marry a girl today, or I'm going to, you know, whatever. Like I saw them understanding that it's open, like to not just the binary. So that was a neat little, um, experiment that we did. I never would have thought about that. That's And my kids aren't, you know, quite there for the game of life yet, Yeah, you know, but still like, I'm like, that's genius. Well, just little things where they can see it, you know, because Um, we do tend to stick to how our life is. So, you know, and if I was married to a woman and then maybe that's all we would show when we're playing life is, you know, that game and things. And just to open it up to be like, no, life looks different. I love that. Yeah. I even had a couple of days ago, my daughter got a new like plushie um, and she couldn't quite decide on a name. She gave it sprinkles and one day it had earrings and then one day it was different and she was going through her, her animals. And she said, well, this one is the girl, this one. And, and she sprinkles sprinkles is just going to be whatever they want for that day. And I was like, okay, like, this is great. <laughs> you know, like, You're like mom win. <laughs> well, I mean, and her, like she's seeing life and, and when we don't automatically put those blinders on them, yes. our kids will surprise us with their capacity mm-hmm. of love and vision in the, how they see the world, which is pretty cool. And you have a book. I don't know if you've what was the book that you were sharing with me? I am jazz. I am jazz. I need to write that down. Yes. Um, and, and I will, um, 
I will actually message you. I found a link that you can actually, you don't have to buy the book, um, but I do, I'm imagining proceeds probably go to, you know, helping out the LGBTQ community. I'll, I'll look at that too. Um, but I was able to look it up so you can read the entire book online. Like you could just scroll oh. through and see all the pages. Um, wow. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I bought that book for my kids and we read it. Um, we read it quite a bit in the beginning and then there's, you know, but every time we read it, there's another, it's, you can see their minds like, they, they know who Jazz is now. Um, Jazz was um, born a male with a male genitalia and um, around uh, three years old, um, she said, I'm not, I'm not a boy. Um, and so she went through the whole um, uh, transition um, and everything and um, is in college, goes to Harvard now. Um, yeah. And she does so much for the community. She actually wrote the book with, um, with someone else. Um, cause she was a child at the time when the book was, when she helped write the book. Wow. Um, and it just really, um, is simplifies her life and how she, um, she was born, um, into a body that didn't match, um, her heart, mm -hmm. um, and what that looks like. And so my kids, um, Anytime we talk about some, um, somebody, uh, my um, cousin, um, she is, okay, I'm 41. Um, I think she's 37-ish. And I think just in, like just two years ago, she came out as transgender. Um, and we knew her as a male that whole time. Um, and so then when we went, to, um, so when you don't transition early, as you know, um, you typically will tend to continue having the, the features of, um, the body in which you were born into. I hope I'm saying this right. Um, so, um, so, and then, um, now that she is dressing the way that she feels as a, as a female, um, she has very, um, looks very masculine. Um, in her features. And so again, um, my kids, um, and I don't know if my kids had actually ever met her because, um, she lives up in Minnesota and, um, th there's just not a lot of traveling back and forth and whatever. Um, and so I didn't want them to get there and go like, why, why is this boy wearing like dangly earrings that look like a girl and the clothes that, and, and be confused about it. Mm -hmm. Um, because when you don't know, like we talked about when you don't know, and it makes you uncomfortable, it can be scary. Mm -hmm. Knowledge is power. It truly is. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I said, Oh my goodness, you're going to get to meet, um, my cousin. And so I got on and I showed, um, I showed them pictures of her so that they knew what she looked like going into it. And then we kind of had that conversation, like, don't you love her, her eyeglasses? Like they kind of were like some cat eye. And I was like, aren't those so pretty? And look at her earrings and this and that. And then, so then we got there and it wasn't uncomfortable and it wasn't odd. And they were just, were like, okay. Um, and, but we also got to, because I had already read that book to them and I didn't know about, um, my cousin being transgender prior to ever getting this book. Yeah. Wow. So we had read the book prior to, and then I was like, oh, remember jazz? Yes. same thing with my cousin. Like, isn't that amazing? And, and they were like, that's so cool. And we do that. Like, isn't that so cool? Like, isn't it neat <laughs> to be different and you know, yes. things like that. So 
It is a great book. I am jazz. I will link that as well. And I'll send, I'll send you that information because I mean, it's good for any age because it just, it, it simplifies it. And it just, you know, kind of like bullet points, the process. That's really great. I love that story. Preparation before you even knew. And again, because Uh things are going to happen. It's not a matter of if it's when it's when you encounter um, that in your family with your own kids or with another, uh, you know, sibling cousins, whatever, you know, it's going to happen. (laughs) So, so again, knowledge is power and being able to be prepared to, to just love them, uh, in a wonderful way when you encounter it. That's awesome. Yeah. And, um, you know, so anytime something comes up, I try to, um, so my daughter, a seven-year-old, um, she came home, um, several weeks ago, maybe a month ago and said, um, I have a crush on, I think it was like five boys or something. And I said, Oh, you do. And we don't talk about like, Oh, do you have boyfriends? Do you have, you know, like we don't do any of that stuff. Um, and so it was just all on, you know, her own with, you know, I'm sure the other kids, you know, at school and whatever. So I have a crush on these boys and blah, blah. And I said, Oh, okay. Well, what if you had a crush on a girl? Like that'd be okay. Wouldn't it? And she's like, well, I thought I had a crush on my, on, on Robin. And I said, who's Robin? Like, I don't know this person at school. She goes, my cousin. And I go, Oh, that Robin clearly. And she goes, but I don't. And so, you know, and then, and then I also wanted to explain too, because I want to give her enough information to where if she's at her age spouting forth (laughs) this information I'm giving her that, um, it also doesn't like kind of backfire to where, um, you know, I said, tried to explain, like, there's a difference, like your best friend, so-and-so at school, um, you know, you may want to like be around that person the whole time, but that doesn't really mean you have a crush on them. Right. Right. She's like, no. And so just having that conversation anytime you can, it's not just, okay, today we're going to talk about Uh, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just having the lines of communication open and, um, like you with life, with the game. I love that. And that's just one more time that you got to like, kind of plant the little seed of like, everybody's different. That's a really good point of, of, integrating it into your daily life, right? It's not just like, oh, on Saturday, we're going to have this big discussion and then we're never going to talk about it again, right? Exactly. Because it is a part of life and integrating it into your conversation. And I love what you did because there can be a tendency, like if we're uneasy about something to shame, right? Mm -hmm. And when we shame anyone, but especially our kids, oof, they, they are not going to feel safe to continue to share those questions or, or whatever feelings, you know, again. And so, and that can be difficult at times. We're not recognize, there are times when I don't recognize that I'm kind of shaming, like, well, what, why would you think that? Or blah, 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 you know, the way in which we, uh-huh. and just kind of be mindful of how I approach it as a question. Oh, interesting. Tell me more as opposed to why would you do that? Or that, you know, that seems odd. Like, I loved how you went at it as a positive tone, as opposed to like this kind of defensive or shameful tone. And that's, oh man, that's really key. Um, Because there's, yeah, there's a lot of questions out there and clarifying like, oh yeah, that might not mean that you're attracted to just, you know, you're really good friends, you know, having those conversations, that is such a healthy way to keep communicating about it. I love that. Thank you. I, I did have a, you know, I have, I have good mommy moments every once in a while. 
<laughs> with oh, three man. kids, it's far and few between, but <laughs> yeah, man, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm realizing, and I'm thinking about my parents and being like, oh, cause I mean, certainly we all have these judgments against our own parents of like, well, they never told me this or taught me this, blah, blah, blah. blah. But there are also times I'm like, man, they really loved me as I'm experiencing similar situations with my own kids. And I'm like, oh, uh -huh. <laughs> oh yes oh man now yeah no sorry you go you go you go well I I something that I was kind of thinking of as we we're going through all these scenarios and situations that I failed to really highlight also that you and I are also very privileged because we are also um in the majority right we're white yeah uh, we're in a, a situation and it is really worth noting that um, uh, those youth that identify as queer um, that are in, in a, the minority for whatever reason, um, that they have a much harder time um, for a variety of reasons of, mm -hmm. of feeling worth or feelings, finding those safe spaces. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's good to, to kind of just have that knowledge and to know um, if schools are maybe not offering those groups or, you know, opportunities, um, just being aware of every, every youth um, and the, every walk of life and the different complexities that they come from. Yeah. Um, That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's kind of startling to, to see the numbers, especially in its suicidal um, rates as well. Like it's a, it's um, yeah, it's definitely startling. So I just wanted to, before I forgot to address yes. that. No, that's a, such that. a good point. And, and it's so easy to forget when you are privileged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's hard, hard to, um, that's easy a word to forget that happens. it's, yeah, mm -hmm. that, that we're and and, and, um, and I was listening to a podcast recently too, kind of about that. When you said that, I was like, oh yeah, um, that the fact that you and I are here on a computer. Yes. I pay for Zoom in order to have these conversations to put on a podcast like that in itself is a privilege because yeah. not everybody has that. And I, and I feel, and so I hope that I can use my privilege um, for good and to help others. Um, would you fill that up? I just threw my <laughs> cup at him. I'm like, it's empty. Um, and so, you know, I hope that I can um, use the privileges that I have in order to educate others and help others that um, that aren't so privileged. Yeah, for yeah. sure. We we have an, the ability because of our economic status, or yep. you know, there are a lot of people who would not be exposed to. Um, information to mm -hmm. even know like where to go or, or who to, who to confide in or, you know, anything like that. And I think just being aware of those situations. So when you encounter a situation, um, maybe you notice at the library, there's not enough representation, or maybe you notice at a school with your kids or groups, or, uh, even when like sports, things like that, you know, just being aware of the surroundings that can, can help you understand com that compassion to the situation and maybe identify 
a situation as an ally to, to say, hey, you know, are you okay? Or, hey, is, are, is there representation here? Or, you know, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if, if so, I want to know your elevator speech. So if somebody came to you and said, hey, what is your, what does your pin mean? What's that for? Why are you wearing that? What do you, what do you say? I say it is a, a passion of mine to be a safe space uh, for the LGBTQ community. I want them to know we live in a world where they aren't really supported in a lot of ways and told that they're not worthy. And this is my small little way of saying that um, I see them and that they have worth and that I'm a safe space for them to um, to be my friend or to, to confide in or or to, you know, to find a place of worth. Um, and that's just the first step. I love it. That's great. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I feel like I need a bigger keychain on my bag. Like I'm just waiting for the time when somebody asks me whether they are part of the community, um, or they are an ally and maybe don't know that they are, or, you know, whatever, but just so I can be like, Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I need to, you know, I, that, that stuff excites me because I want um, I mean, that's why we do it, right? We, we wear those so that people notice and know that, um, what we represent basically. Yeah. And, and I find in those, if someone were to ask like, um, absolutes kind of deter people, deter people, people away from listening. So I say in my opinion, or I feel, I mean, I would like to say, look, yes, our, our world is not loving, you know, um, which is true, but like to say, Hey, I'm an ally and, um, I'm an ally for LGBTQ, um, because I feel like they aren't loved well. And, and I want them to know that they, they have a place, a safe space, you know? And so coming from it, like, in a in a, at a personal way, um, and then you can go on the path of like, well, this is kind of why I feel that way. And you can, address it in that way. But, uh, I, I find coming from it in a personal way, as opposed to like, um, generalities or, or absolutes, um, usually, um, can detour people or turn them off. Yeah. I never thought about that. That's, I definitely agree with that. And it's a bummer that it does, but you know, it does. Um, right. But, but then the way that you come, um, that you are, uh, the place and the place that you're coming from too, is from love. So the place that you're coming from, and then, um, you want to make sure that they don't, the, you know, first few words, excuse me, <coughs> sorry, the first few words coming out of your mouth that they're going to just put up that wall. Yeah. You yeah. know, and by saying like, Oh yeah, I, it's my passion. I love that. Um, because they're like, oh, what is your passion? And then they're like sucked in and they're like, oh, dang. <laughs> and usually it leads to a, a story, right? A connection. Um, because like we had said, those stories or those those questions or connections through like individual, um, that's where change happens in many ways. Um, and And I'm always affected by, you know, the actual situation, like the life and death situation of like, you know, I'm here to help save some kids, save, save youth that feel like they're, they're not, um, worth being in this world. Um, 
and then you can kind of go on to some statistics there, but, um, yeah, usually those, those stories are just sharing your own story. Yeah. Makes a big difference. I love that. Okay. So I could talk to you about this forever. (laughs) Um, but, um, so this is my first time doing this. Um, so you're my first, um, conversation I'm having with this, but this is called, if I can find my notes here, um, we're going to do, um, rapid fire questions like Brene Brown style. All right. So, um, and I'm just going to randomly pick some and then you shoot me the answer. And this is like about you. Okay. Oh man. Uh, Okay. Uh, Siblings. I have one older brother. He's two years older. Okay. Um, sweet or savory? Savory. I'm obsessed with cheese. Oh, yes. Lake or ocean? Ocean. Favorite color? Blue. Sporty or artsy? Okay, this is hard. In my office, you will see I have a Peyton Manning rookie card because I'm a huge okay. fan and obviously my whole and a bunch of lyric books because my career <laughs> is a theater. So, oh gosh, I don't, I, I got to say I'm a spartsy. <gasps> Love it. We're going to, we're going to coin that phrase. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much, Leah. Again, um, I definitely want to have you on again so we can continue this conversation. Um, but thank you so much for taking the time out of your day um, and just helping educate and spread the love. Thank you for having me and, uh, and, and continuing to be an ally and help others understand how to be an ally and to keep loving. Let's Absolutely.